Welcome to the Talking Book Atlanta podcast. I'm Perry Patterson, and today we have a special episode with a marine biologist from the Sea Turtle Center on Jekyll Island, on Jekyll Island, Georgia. Michelle Kaler, welcome to the podcast, and thank you for joining us today to talk about some special sea turtles. Yeah, Perry, thank you for having me. Great. So I'm going to talk a little bit about you and just give a little bio. Michelle Kaler has more than 20 years of experience in managing life support systems and animal husbandry. She is certified through the International Wildlife Rehabilitator Council as a wildlife rehabilitator. Her background includes working as a biologist at the Tennessee Aquarium for seven years before joining the Sea Turtle Center in 2007. Michelle is fortunate enough to have had privilege to aid in the successful opening and operation of the Georgia Sea Turtle Center. She resides in Brunswick, Georgia with her husband, Ryan, and two children. She's an active member in the Boy Scouts of Coastal Georgia as the committee chair for PAC 3204. So Michelle, you were one of the first people who came on board when the Georgia Sea Turtle Center on Jekyll Island was um, opened. And so you, did you have a lot of um, lot to do with like the planning of the opening and how it was set up and, and some of the things that um, have to do with like the public portion of the tour or the more um, private portion of the rehabilitation of the sea turtles? Did you have um, uh, decisions in some of the things that took place during the opening? Right. Yes. Well, and, and so 16 years ago, which is really hard to imagine at this stage in the game, um, because it just seems like yesterday at times, um, not 16 years ago. Um, but this is actually the idea um, of our founder, Dr. Terry Norton, who um, is a veterinarian. He's retired now, um, but um, he always wanted to have a sea turtle rehabilitation facility on the coast of Georgia. Um, and so he went to Jekyll Island Authority um, and talked with them and um, was able to kind of make his dream into uh, fruition. Um, and yes, I came on board, um, I like to say, long before we had tanks um, and, and especially turtles in our tanks. Um, so I really got to help in uh, starting it from the ground up in terms of what types of filtration and things do we need in the facility. And I got to help with a lot of the um, ed education exhibits and, and interpretations um, and signage and just all the things um, that really, uh, when you think about it from a, um, a, an outside perspective, that's a lot. But um, it was really, really fun and engaging to be able to be a part of that. Right. Well, that that's good that you got to help plan a lot of that. Um, so it was really this. He so Dr. Terry Norton was a, a veterinarian. Obviously, he must be retired now. Does he still live near Jekyll Island on the island? No, he lives um, in Brunswick, which is um, basically right on, on right. Um, the, the mainland. Right. Okay. 
Um, so that, because I was wondering, you know, about the reason for the Sea Turtle Center being, you know, specifically on Jekyll Island. And I thought maybe it was because there were so many sea turtles in the area and there was a need for, you know, a, re a rehabilitation center there. But yes, well, so we are, you know, for, for being um, in the state of Georgia, we are the only um, sea turtle rehabilitation facility um, and sea turtle exhibit um, place um, in the state. And um, yes, you're correct. There were there are no other um, sea turtle rehab facilities for the state of Georgia. So when Dr. Norton was practicing um, here on the coast um, and responding to sea turtles that needed um care, um, a lot of times they were having to uh, transport these animals to uh, SeaWorld in Orlando, which is roughly about three hours from us here. And obviously with a critical animal, three hours could be even more critical, not getting help or need um, in that time. So he knew there was a need here on the coast of Georgia. And originally he had um, looked at placing this facility um, on St. Catharines Island, which is a barrier island, too, off the coast of Georgia. The only um, difference with that is that um, St. Catharines Island is not accessible to the public. Um, there's no bridge or causeway that you can uh, take to get onto that island, and it's by invitation. It's a private island. Um, so that would have definitely changed the direction of what we do here at the Georgia Sea Turtle Center on Jekyll Island. So Jekyll Island is the perfect place, um, not only because, yes, we're on the coast of Georgia as well, and we do have a lot of sea turtle activity, but it's also because it is so accessible, not only to Georgians, um, but also everyone else that comes um, to um, vacation at the beach. Um, so that's why with our um, research, education, and rehabilitation um, that we do, education is everything. Um, and so by allowing guests to actually come into our facility and see behind the scenes, um, one of my most favorite things we have here at the Georgia Sea Turtle Center is a very large uh, treatment room window. And that gives our guests an opportunity to see these patients, hear their stories, learn about why they're here, what caused these injuries, what are things we can do to make it better or help um, for the greater good of sea turtles, um, but really just see. And then we also have a, an elevated walkway where guests can stand upon and go into what we refer to as our pavilion. And that's where our hospital beds are. And sea turtles, you know, their hospital bed is a, is a tank because they have, they live in water. Yeah. Um, so they, you know, guests can see into those and see the turtles and the patients and, and what they're needing and, and what it's taking to um, get them to recovery. Yeah. And, um, I was there last month. Um, I was there last month with my daughter. We were staying at the Jekyll Island, um, resort hotel, which is absolutely beautiful. I've been there many times. Um, and, about probably about 13 years ago, I brought my Girl Scout troop to the Sea Turtle Center and they did an excellent program um, where they went out onto the beach and they talked about the sea turtle and how it lays its eggs and they use little golf, um, not golf balls, um, ping pong balls mm -hmm. as the eggs and they had a little clipboard with them and they were able to go um, through the process on their clipboard and understand the the eggs and the hatching process and um, how the sea turtles, you know, make their way into the ocean after they're born. 
It was a great program for the Girl Scouts. And we all stayed at the Jekyll Island Hotel right there on the property too. So it's it's a great location um, for visitors, like you said, to come and learn about, you know, protecting the, the sea turtles and the environment as well and learning about the things that they can do as individuals to keep the beaches clean and keep the trash picked up and knowing what's harmful and, you know, what's especially harmful to sea life. Um, so it's a great facility for that. So you came from the Tennessee Aquarium after seven years, but tell us about your background and as far as your education and um, for someone interested in going into this field that you're in, take um, take us to a, a into a look about you know what the education process would look like. Sure. So I knew from a very, very young age, I wanted to work with animals and help animals. Um, you know, I went through phases where I wanted to be a nurse, a doctor, a veterinarian, um, but I knew that you know, I wanted to be around water. And I um, uh, was born in Tennessee, which is a landlocked state, um, but we have a lot of water, just not any oceans. <laughs> and so to um, work with turtles, um, which I love um, turtles, not just sea turtles, but any type of turtle, um, was really, really something that I grew up wanting to do. Um, and, um, you know, the the Tennessee Aquarium being a great um, aquarium to visit, especially looking at freshwater, as well as they had some ocean exhibits as well. Um, but, um, you know, school-wise, um, I have a biology background and um, a lot of math and a lot of science um, classes um, throughout my career um, just to learn because you definitely use that a lot as a biologist, um, whether it's in the medical field um, or um, looking at filtration and calculations for gallons of water and how to filter that water through um, or drug dosages and how to calculate laid out what an animal needs based on their weight and um, what the recommendation is for that drug. Um, so really important um, for individuals that are looking at um, going into a field um, such as biology that they have a lot of a strong math and science background. And, you know, even being in a landlocked state as, as I was, um, that doesn't um, hinder you from getting experience, whether working with your local aquarium or zoo nature center um, or, you know, your cat and dog clinics um, or shelters um, because animals are animals and they need to be fed and cleaned and, and taken care of just the same. So really at a young age trying to figure out, do I like this? Cause mm -hmm. you know, in your mind it sounds exciting and fun, but when you really get down to it and you're scooping poop, you, you kind of ask yourself, do I really like this? <laughs> so yeah. It's always, always good to make sure you, smell the smells and get your hands dirty, uh, so to say, um, to kind of make sure that you really like this, you know, kind of work and um, volunteering at those organizations are um, very, very enjoyable and, and worthwhile too. Okay. So talk a little bit about the student programs that you have, not just the Girl Scout programs that you have um, for, for classrooms coming in to visit the Sea Turtle Center as an educational program, but talk about the college students, maybe internships maybe um, University of Georgia students that are biology majors or things like that who were interested in doing internship programs. Because um, when we were there and we were, I think we were doing like a um, carriage tour um, around the property of the Jekyll Island Club Hotel, which is adjacent to the Sea Turtle Center. 
Um, I believe our tour guide was explaining that there are some dormitories on some of the older buildings that are located there on the property where students who are interning with the sea turtle program um, are staying during their internship. Okay, yeah, so the historic district, which is where uh, the Sea Turtle Center is also housed within the historic district, an old um, 1800s power plant. Um, they also have um, old dormitories that were used back um, in the day um, to house, um, first off, workers um, for the island, but then they become came dormitories um, for students and um, also actors um, that uh, were in the amphitheater that no longer exist um, to this day on Jekyll Island. So I'm not sure if they, um, the dormitories they were referring to or what's across the um, road or way from where the carriage was um, to uh, the Sea Turtle Center. And that's actually where currently right now I am sitting in my office. <laughs> it's okay. in what they refer to as the old dormitory. Um, and that, yes, it was um, annexed into dormitory style rooms um, for those purposes. Um, we, we do have a limited number of um, houses um, that we um, offered to some of our seasonal or uh, vet students, um, but that's something that the public cannot see um, in, in, in reference to the historic district. Um, we do have a vet student program, and um, this is basically for um, uh, students that are in veterinary school, and they come and do an externship with us. Typically, it's a two-week to four weeks or more, depending on what their school requirement is, and to really learn um, all they can about sea turtle medicine and husbandry, um, to really get those hands-on experience um, with that. And um, with it, within our education department, um, we also, you know, have um, education outreach programs that um, we do year-round um, where we um, reach about 12,000 students and um, with that we also offer distance learning so even if a classroom um, can't come to the coast or come to Jekyll Island to be in the Sea Turtle Center we can bring the Georgia Sea Turtle Center to your classroom um, and so that's that's a lot of fun and get a lot of kids involved with adopting a sea turtle and getting to follow that patient's story and seeing it um, even on video possibly um, in a tank and or being released um, is, is really um, cool as well and um, you know we also um, do a lot of international work um, um, with uh, Costa Rica, Spain, and St. Kitts, um, where we've been able to do a lot of distance learning um, for students in those um, countries as well. So um, we are definitely a teaching hospital. Um, not only are we, we, we teaching um, to the visitors that come through our doors in a fun and engaging way, but also to students, young and old um, professionals in, in the field of um, marine science or biology also come and to learn about turtle medicine and husbandry and then take it back with them where they came from and maybe start something else new or continue. Um, it's definitely about small yet powerful moments of learning that we believe add up to really large scale change. And it, it kind of goes back to that ripple effect. <laughs> right. Right. So when you have the um, college student in the vet program, um, and they come to work for four weeks or whatever their, whatever their school requires of that, what kind of jobs do they get to do? Do you give them specific learning, um, act, you know, things that they're going to really 
need to know? Um, or do some things come up that just, oh, I really need help with this. We've got an emergency situation. How, how has um, some of those vet students um, been involved with, with the learning yeah. process? Yeah, they're involved um, by working alongside our full-time veterinarian. So they are seeing exactly what the veterinarian is seeing and doing and, and learning from the veterinarian as well as our hospital technicians and vet technicians. Um, and it, it's a really good experience because it's not, you know, oh, go do this job over here or, mm-hmm. you know, check back with me later. It's really again, getting them to see what it's like to be a wildlife veterinarian. And we are a triage hospital, emergency hospital. So at any moment, you might be doing your daily routine of animal bandage changes or things that need to happen that's scheduled. And then at any moment, a turtle that was just hit by a boat comes through the door and then you're needing to stop and assess that animal, triage it and, and, you know, get it uh, to where it's maybe not bleeding or it has, you know, needs a bandage and medication and fluids and all of those things that happen in an emergency room. So um, it's a, it's a great experience because again, it's, it's really immersing that student into uh, the daily life of a wildlife veterinarian. So the part that uh, the, the big window that's at the sea turtle center where they can, where any, where the public can look in and see part of the hospital and part of the treatment process right there, um, through that glassed in area, um, that's just more for like bandaging and treating and cleaning, but the surgeries I'm sure are done in like a different area where that's really not going to be where the public is going to be viewing that. Right. No. And that's what's so awesome about the treatment window is, um, we have no curtain, we have no shades to draw if, you know, we are doing a surgery or something that might not be as, um, lovely to look at, but Uh it, it really is allowing the guests to really see what it's like, uh, for an animal to be in rehab. And so we do all of our surgeries out in that window. Um, that's really the only room uh, that we have, you know, for surgery or for treatments and bandage changes. Um, and the, and the beauty of that is not just a window with no, no one's talking. We, we have um, a microphone system that, um, an educator or a rehab technician or hospital technician has and puts on and, and talks and kind of gives a play by play of what's going on. And so again, that educational moment of, of learning about the animal, the animal story, why they're here, what's going on, um, is, is sort of really what I think makes that so magical is it's not a, Oh, well, we're going to go take this animal back to surgery now. Um, and then come, and then that's the, the finished story. It's this animal just came in. It was hit by a boat propeller this is the injury, this is what's going on, you know, conversations that are had. Well, why was that animal hit? What what kind of boat? Was it a big barge? No, it's actually a recreational boat that you and I would drive maybe out on a weekend. Well, how does it get hit? Can't they swim, dive down? Well, they have to breathe air. They have lungs like we do, so they come up to the surface. So we as boaters have to watch these animals in the water. And, you know, those conversations are started. So it's a really good way in which to engage the, the public and get them to see what, what's really happening out there in the wild. Okay. Well, I, yeah, I didn't realize it was the the window was open for e- even surgeries, um, mm-hmm. which is really cool. I haven't seen one. I've only seen like people like doing some like just bandage work and cleaning and stuff. Um, so the, I know you have some really unique programs for the public to go on um, either a, 
evening tour or an early morning um, nest check, I think. And I think those are only done at certain days and on certain times. I know when I was there, um, it wasn't a day that was available because I was very interested in doing that, but um, didn't have the opportunity. But can you talk a little bit about those um, opportunities that people can sign up for? Um, sure. Yeah. This so the summer is is the perfect time of year for our summer beach programs because you know the 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 nesting mamas the the sea turtles that are coming up to lay eggs not only on Jekyll Island Beach but all the beaches on all the islands and um, along the coast. Um, this is nest, sea turtle nesting season. So nesting season starts uh, in May and um, goes throughout um, our, into. Um, July, June, July, and August, um, and then you have uh, hatchling season, which is where the sea baby sea turtle hatchlings are coming out of the nest, and that can go through October. Um, so this time of year is very active on our beaches, um, and we have a lot of things to show the public, and um, we offer um, a Ride With program. Uh, we offer a Ride With Dawn Patrol and a Ride With Night Patrol. And these two programs are really cool because not only do you have an, a very high opportunity to possibly see a nesting female sea turtle doing her job, um, but you also get to ride along on a UTV with our research biologist. And really for you know folks that are looking at what it is and what it takes, maybe even young professionals, that's the opportunity to work alongside the professionals and get to see exactly what they do, how they do. Um, and so if those um, programs and those guests that are on the programs get to encounter um, a hatchling or a nesting female, they get to help um, along with seeing how that work is done. And these um, professionals are grabbing measurements and getting um, flipper tags and pit tags into the animal. Um, if they're excavating a nest, they're counting the eggshells, they're helping hatchlings back into the water if there's any left in the nest, um, just all of those pieces. So it's really, really cool and interesting. And one of the, and the neat things that adds to those programs is that we are one of two within the state of Georgia that has beach saturation tagging. And what that means is every night we have our researchers out on the beach, riding in UTVs, walking the beaches, looking for nesting females. So any of these programs, even our evening turtle walk programs, um, you have a kind of a higher opportunity to have a researcher find a nesting female, radio the group, and then they follow and, and meet up with where that turtle might be on our stretch of beach. Um, so the evening turtle walks is, is definitely for uh, families uh, of all ages, and um, they go along with an educator and, um, again, hopefully encounter a nesting female um, with our patrol team and get to see that process um, in action, as well as learn a lot about um, the ecosystem and the environment on the beach, especially at night, um, with some other educational programs that they do on the beach. Um, and uh, they also do a sunrise turtle walk. And again, that's to um, hopefully encounter uh, sea turtle hatchlings um, coming out of the nest um, in the early morning hours. So a lot of opportunities um, for our summer beach programs currently um, um, within um, the Sea Turtle Center and also out on our beaches for nesting season. Yeah, it's, it sounds really interesting. And Unfortunately, I wasn't there on a day that they were they were doing the program for either the night walk or the dawn patrol. 
but um, I, it's fascinating to me to that you have that program and the, the opportunity for the public to participate in seeing that. Um, it's just really great. So um, talk a little bit about um, s- some of the patients that have come through over the, I mean, it's been what, uh, 16, about 16 years now since the Georgia Sea Turtle Center has been open. Um, talk a little bit about some of the success stories with the patients that have been rehabilitated there. Yeah, and it's so funny because to think back for 16 years, there's so many unique and different cases to think about. Um, you know, I there was a turtle earlier on in my career here at the Sea Turtle Center and at the Loggerhead Sea Turtle that we um, named Phantom, like Phantom of the Opera. And Phantom came in um, with a uh, quite horrific uh, head injury um, to where, you know, we assuming a boat strike injury of, of sorts where it, it really had a, um, a large defect um, in, in the side of, 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 of uh, Phantom's head. Um, it covered with uh, leeches, um, which I know doesn't sound... Um, appetizing or appeasing, but there are marine leeches out there in the wild. And so um, a lot of um, epibiota leeches covered and um, very thin and um, just you could tell it that animal had been suffering for a while out there in the wild um, before being found. And um, the first thing, obviously, is with the head injury, thinking about strike injury, um, you know, treating for that, um, you know, the, the part of diagnostics and, and just any doctor veterinarian and looking at things is trying to figure out because they can't talk and tell you what happened, what happened. Um, taking an x-ray was very informative um, of this case, a phantom's case, because the minute the x-ray was taken and we could see visually inside of that animal, um, there was a, a very large fish hook um, that was seen on x-ray. And what then kind of started to change Phantom's story, where possibly it was this animal was caught on a long line of fishing um, and was possibly cut, the line was cut, um, with maybe um, equipment like a machete um, to where it sliced some of Phantom's head. Um, so that changed Phantom's prognosis, but the, the really miraculous thing about Phantom, and you look at a lot of these animals that come in with very horrific injuries at times, how they survive. And I always look and think, man, if that was me or a human, Mm -hmm. (laughs) we wouldn't be doing too well. Um, but these animals are so resilient and they have to be, I mean, they have not, you know, they've been around since the dinosaurs and they're still around um so they're pretty pretty hardy animals and um phantom had a lot of um handicaps that he had to overcome one being the fact that he could not close his whole mouth his beak his ramfica Mm -hmm. um, which is what it's called um so when he tried to eat food once he was at that rehabilitation stage the minute the food went in and water started flowing in and out, the food would just fall out. Mm-hmm. So we had to work with Phantom just like a physical therapist would work with a human and trying to teach you how to eat um, or walk again, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we had to teach Phantom how to eat with his handicap. And mm-hmm. we made a little apparatus to help hold the food and, and sort of like a corner basket for him 
so that he finally got the hang of the fact that he could eat and needed to work on um, getting that food in there and keeping it. And um, the best part of the story is Phantom was finally released once deemed releasable and he could catch a live prey, like a blue crab, um, on his own, wow. um, in, in, in our tank and in, in the hospital. And that's really what, then, you know, when they can do the, the normal things they should be doing out in the wild, you know, they're ready to go back out into the wild. So, um, you know, that, that was a, a really good, um, you know, story of a, of a turtle that at first thought one thing was wrong, but it ended up being another. And then just the, the rehab that it took to get that animal back into the wild, um, this is pretty remarkable. So when you, um, I know that it's probably easy for you to transfer the turtles directly from the sea turtle center into the ocean right there on Jekyll Island once they've been rehabilitated. But, um, is there any other times when you're, you're transporting or, um, the aquarium in Atlanta, for example, um, do you transport, um, any sea sea life between the the Atlanta Aquarium and the Sea Turtle Center on Jekyll Island. Um, we have uh, partnered and worked with the Georgia Aquarium for a couple of different um, instances where they had rehabbed um, some cold stunned sea turtles up in Atlanta at their aquarium, and then it was time for the turtles to be released. So they worked with us and, and brought the animals down, and um, we helped get those animals back um, into the ocean off of Jekyll Island. Um, there are times for us here on Jekyll when maybe we have a patient that is ready for a release, but the water here off the coast is too cold still. So we have to then transport that animal down into warmer waters in Florida, um, which we've done in the past as well. Okay, and so those... Um transport do you, is it like a big tank on inside like a truck it's kind of like that like a big pool swimming pool tank. yeah no the, it's actually these animals are what's referred to as dry ducks um so they do not um they are not put in water to be transported because they, they don't need to breathe um water um they need to breathe air so they don't okay. have to be in water to survive oh. like fish or sharks do um, so we just um, place um, padding and towels in a very large tub, depending on the size of the turtle. We keep them um, moist if we need and miss them, maybe with a water bottle, um, continually check their body temperature to make sure they're not too cold or too hot. And that's how they're typically transported. Okay. So um, can you talk a little bit about um, some of the programs I um, besides um, being able to have the public come in and see the museum and see the actual sea turtles that are in the rehab area, but how, and you talked a little bit about the Girl Scout program and we talked about the classroom program and the internships for vet students. Um, but what about other ways that the sea turtle center can be supported by the public? Sure. Um, you know, yes, our programs definitely support us, um, as well as our behind-the-scenes tour that we offer. So, you know, the basically the staff backup areas or areas that you might not be able to see from the elevated walkway or the treatment room window um, where guests can have the opportunity to really be standing in the hospital beside the veterinarian and the hospital technicians and asking them questions and just really getting that intimate experience um in in our behind the scenes tour 
But other ways are we have adoptions where you can actually follow the patient's story and uh, learn about our different patients that come into the hospital by uh, purchasing an adoption. Um, and uh, we have a nest adoption where you can uh, purchase and adopt a nest and learn about that nest and when that nest hatched and how many eggs and hatchlings and, and all of those things as well as, um, you know, become a member um, within the Georgia Sea Turtle Center. Um, memberships have a lot of um, great benefits um, for discounts on all of our programs um, to getting updates about releases when we're going to have them, so possibly you can make it down to Jekyll and see them, um, and that sort of thing as well. Um, and those are all ways in which to support us at the Georgia Sea Turtle Center. And then if you happen to come to the center and see the, the gift shop, um, any of those items that you purchase as well, all, all benefits us um, at the Sea Turtle Center and comes back to, to our patients because, unfortunately, sea turtles do not have health care. <laughs> so, as you can imagine, at times, um, you know, there are um, bandages and medical treatments and food and all the things that go into rehabbing wildlife um, can become costly. And so all of these things help us out tremendously to be able to continue what we do here at the center. Okay. There's an author that... Um, I interviewed on the Talking Book Atlanta podcast um, a few months ago who wrote a book called Trash Crab, and it is specifically about how to protect wildlife, um, sea life, um, and keeping beaches clean and things that need to stay out of the ocean. Um, and her book is, like I said, it's called Trash Crab, and it she is an author, and her name is Jay Eliza Wall. And I interviewed her a few months ago, but I'm going to tag her um, in the show notes along with the Georgia Sea Turtle Center information um, on the show notes for this episode so that if people are interested in purchasing her book about um, keeping the oceans clean and um, preserving wildlife um, in the seas, they will have that available too. I'm sure that you guys have some really cute um, things in your gift store and books like that too. Um, it might be a book you might be interested in, in in looking at too for the Sea Turtle Center. Yeah, I'll have to look into that for yeah. sure. So, um, well, it has been a pleasure learning more about um, the Georgia Sea Turtle Center, but I did have one more question about some of the other um, wildlife that you also help. I know some of the other turtles like box turtles and some of the Eastern turtles. Um, I think you do keep some of those, um, on hand or you have sometimes they're brought in for rehabilitation too. those, the, the turtles that you sometimes see crossing the road, the, the smaller ones, not the sea turtles, but Right. Yes. No, you're absolutely right. We do. Um, you know, one of the things we did not realize when we opened 16 years ago was that we would have um, a need for other wildlife. Um, you know, we have a lot of other native uh, species dropped on our doorsteps or brought to us that need um, rehab or even just triage um, in a sense. And a lot of those are native turtles to the state of Georgia, box turtles, um, soft shells, gopher tortoises, um, flighters, just all sorts of freshwater turtles, um, tortoises, as well as we have alligators and snakes and, um, um, and our biggest, largest other species that we treat a lot here are the diamondback terrapins. And those are a turtle that primarily live in brackish water.
water, so the marshes um, mm-hmm. along our coastline. And um, we do a lot of research and education with those animals as well um, <clears throat> along our causeway. And so um, we definitely um, triage a lot of other non-sea turtle patients as well. Um, and um, as well as sometimes we'll have shorebirds or raptors, um, birds of prey that come through our door also that need triage. Um, so our facility is definitely small but mighty in a sense um, for a hospital and, and rehabilitation facility. And that's one thing, um, you know, for our future um, is looking at expansion um, because um, the wildlife is definitely needs it. And, um, you know, there um, needs we, we, we use every nook and cranny in our, mm-hmm. in our facility um, to help provide care um, for these animals that are in need. So do you think the expansion would take place um, in increasing the size of the building that you're in now and just expanding that building for more care of other other wildlife on the island? We hope that our um, looking at expansion not only helps um, with the sea turtle and diamondback terrapin um, rehab and, and other native species, but also to incorporate more of what we do behind the scenes into our public viewing areas so that the public really can go through and have exhibits next to real life you know, viewing area of what's going on and that sort of thing. So more interactive, engaging experience for the public as they go through our facility as well um, is really what we're looking at doing um, with an expansion too. Awesome. Well, Michelle, it's been a pleasure talking to you um, today about the Georgia Sea Turtle Center. Thank you so much for taking your time. Every once in a while, I like to highlight a nonprofit organization um, and feature something unique and different on the podcast, just to kind of mix things up a bit. Um, even though this is a podcast for authors, um, to talk about their books and that platform, but I like to mix things up a little bit. So, um, we will have, uh, the Georgia Sea Turtle Center tagged in the Talking Book Atlanta Instagram post later today when the episode is available on Spotify. Um, I'm going to email that link, um, And I'm also going to post the link to the Talking Book Facebook page as well. So you'll be tagged there also so that more people can see. um, And even if they don't have Spotify, they'll be able to click those links either um, on the Instagram story or on the Facebook page for the Talking Book. And they'll be able to listen to the episode and um, listen to all the episodes if they want to. Um, without having to go to their Spotify account to do so. So thank you so much and um, have a great rest of your summer and a great rest of your afternoon. And thank you for listening to the Talking Book Atlanta podcast. And thank you to the Georgia Sea Turtle Center for helping us learn more about their patients and their programs today on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Good night. Bye-bye.